I mean, he could have thrown me out on the concrete or it's a bear. He's three times as big as oh, you yeah, weight-wise. Yeah, yeah. I had just a hair over 4,000 wrestling matches hmm. in 40 years. And welcome to the Run the Race podcast, where we talk about fitness and faith on a weekly basis. You know, we all need motivation, maybe to lose weight or get stronger physically or get closer to God as we all seek purpose in life. I'm your host, Jason Dennis, hoping to inspire you to run the race of life as we sit down with fascinating guests digging deeper into the mind, body, and soul. Let's do this. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you are having a great day whenever you are listening to this. Uh, it is uh, early April, and uh, thank you so much for uh, listening to the Run the Race podcast. Remember, if you want to listen to any of the previous 60 episodes, we have all that at WTVM.com slash podcast. We're on Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and if you want to go to Apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to just kind of pan down to the bottom of that page click on a review and give it five stars if you think it's worthy. Write a quick little review so we can uh, keep this going. These uh, great discussions about fitness and faith, including uh, the guest that I have on uh, for this episode. Uh, we're going to take you inside the ring, literally, with a uh, 73-year-old former pro wrestler. He now uh, leads a uh, gym in Georgia. And uh, he talks about uh, wrestling uh, on the pro circuit from his 20s all the way up to his 60s. So pretty amazing career, including wrestling a bear. That's right. We talk about that. Uh, But before we get to that, I wanted to give you a little bit of a a race recap for my most recent marathon, my fastest one yet. But uh, but speaking of wrestling, before we do that, uh, you know, a lot of times uh, we people use the term wrestling with God. Sometimes we question God. We, you know, we talk about faith on this podcast and and people, you know, we question God. We, you know, why, you know, why has this pandemic happened? Why did I lose my, my mom or my dad or, or why did I lose this job? And um, th- that term wrestling with God actually comes from early in the Bible the story of Jacob, who literally, as it says in, in Genesis, he was wrestling with God. Uh, Genesis 32, he's on this long journey uh, trying to find his brother. And, you know, they have this difficult relationship. And uh, and he on the way there, he meets this kind of mystery guy in the middle of the night, wrestles with him, literally wrestling with him until the morning. He gets the man in a hole and refuses to let go without a blessing. So, you know, there's a lot of uh, questions we have, and that's kind of a, 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 a symbolic story. But we wrestle with God and, and question uh, why things happen to us, you know, health issues or whatever else. And it's during those times um, something's happened because we live in this fallen world. And uh, there are times when God is testing us, testing our faith, and he wants us to kind of, you know, to, to try to pass the test and look to him. So no matter what, God wants us to, to not give up uh, during those tough times. And so to instead fight through the difficulties, through the fear and the pain, and to seek him more. So uh, um, good luck with your wrestles with God, because uh, we, we all go through it. You are not alone when it comes to that. And uh, speaking of wrestling, I, I uh, had some mental wrestling in my mind during my most recent marathon, uh, the McCurdy Micro Marathon last month in Greenville, South Carolina. Got my PR, so uh, I'm, I'm proud of that. Four hours, six minutes, and ten seconds. It's about eight minutes faster than any other marathon I've done. This is my 16th time 
16th time running 26.2 mile a race in that format. My 14th state, I'm on my way to a goal of uh, a marathon in all 50 states. Now, the winner of this race, it's pretty amazing. A 40-year-old mom, uh, just a little bit younger than me, 40-year-old, she finished in under 2 hours and 57 minutes. So about an hour and 10 minutes faster than me. Pretty amazing there. Um, I didn't finish last place, which is good. Uh, close, but there were some really fast runners out there. Um, we had masks required at packet pickup and the start of the race by McCurdy um, trained uh, a group out of uh, based out of Arizona, but they got coaches all over, including um, the guest on a previous podcast um, who uh, she is led this race in South Carolina. Uh, so this race started at a middle school. And then we went down to a two-and-a-half-mile stretch on a paved trail. So it was pretty much back and forth. So not, not a lot to look at, the same kind of scenery the whole time. We did about 10 of these 180-degree hairpoint turns. Uh, started cooler, but the temperatures were mostly in the 50s. In fact, because we had the sun shining down on us and not a lot of shade, I ended up having salt on my forehead at the end of the race because you're just exposed to the sun the whole time. Uh, my strategy uh, was to even try to get close to, to four hours or breaking four hours and trying to get a certain cadence, a certain beat. And, uh, and so I, I found a way online to have a playlist where if I wanted to run an eight-and-a-half-minute mile pace or nine-minute mile pace during certain times of the race, I had this a playlist I could go to. And if I just ran my foot hitting at the same time of the beat of that song, I'd be running that eight-and-a-half or nine-minute mile pace. And it really did work. Um, and I was, you know, I did the first half of the marathon in an hour and 58 minutes. So I was on pace, doing well, feeling strong. But about, you know, 17 to 19 miles in, started getting fatigued, you know, physically and mentally and just couldn't quite keep up that pace, but uh, really proud of the way I finished and uh, really glad to, to get that medal at the end of the race. My mom and sister were there. They're, they live up the road an hour uh, from there in North Carolina and got to have a big lunch with them afterwards. So it was great to see some family there at the finish line and just uh, glad to to have an in-person race because a lot of marathons have been canceled. I've got a 24-hour challenge coming up this weekend that I'm going to let you know about on a future episode. So that's going to be interesting to see how many miles I get there if if it's a 50K or maybe I get to 50 miles or more, we'll uh, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, but you won't have to wait long, just another minute or two uh, for uh, my chat with 73-year-old Jerry Oates, a uh, former wrestling icon and now current gym owner. Um, he has a gym in, in Columbus, Georgia called uh, Oates Gym. He originally had a gym here in the 1990s that closed in 2002, but he's opened up one again, kind of uh, reopened it up during the pandemic. So, and having some success so far. And speaking of success, 4,000 matches in his uh, 40-year wrestling career. He was six foot three, weighing about 240 pounds dur- during that time. Started wrestling professionally at age 22 in Orlando, Florida, winning, you know, in Georgia and Florida and across the nation, winning several individual titles with the NWA National Wrestling Alliance, starting a, a Georgia a wrestling group as well. And he's had numerous tag team championships with his brother. And you can watch a lot of those matches, I understand, online. So I'm looking forward to checking some of those out. He's had numerous concussions. Um, and again, he's he's got a gym now. He We talk about him taking on a wrestling bear that came to town in the mid-1980s. So we talk about his wrestling career and uh, the, the injuries he did and training others. Advice for you. So here's a look inside the uh, mind and career of this former pro wrestler.
I'd like to welcome a former wrestling icon and a current gym owner, uh, Jerry Oates, to the uh, podcast. Thank you so much for uh, swinging by. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Jeff. Absolutely. Um, well, we're going to talk about your your extensive you know, 40-year wrestling career and talk about uh, you know wrestling from uh, your you know as a young man all the way up until your 60s and uh, different injuries you dealt with and now how you're training other folks whether it be you know amateurs or pros and and uh, fitness tips for really all of us but uh, I wanted to jump in with a kind of something unique a little bit uh, you uh, you know uh, wrestled a lot of people in tag teams or solo or whatever right. in in the ring but one interesting opponent you had was a bear uh, a wrestling bear I guess so tell me about that experience because that is uh, uh, something that I wouldn't do on purpose per se well, I wouldn't do it again, but yeah, I, I, I did wrestle a bear. Uh, I had, uh, been around this bear different places around the country. You know, he, all bears are natural wrestlers anyhow, but as far as saying, uh, trained, he, yeah, he knew a lot of stuff, you know? So I had been around him before. And so Columbus square, I had, I was home, my brother and I were home and I had my gym and we knew the guy that owned the bear and, uh, he was from out west somewhere. <laughs> so uh, they was going to bring the bear to the mall. They was having some big event and all. So they told, he told them he knew us. And so they got in touch with us. So we come out there on that Saturday afternoon, like at 3 o'clock, and wrestle a bear. And I said, yeah, we'll do it. Then I told my brother later, I said, Saturday we're going to the mall. He said, I don't need anything at the mall. I said, yeah, you do. We're going to wrestle a bear. Victor was his name. Victor. <laughs> he wow. said, "All right." So, we go out there, and the place is packed. And I said, "Oh my god!" This is at the mall in Columbus, yes. just south of Atlanta. They had the ring set up, and uh, he said, "Okay." He said, "Which one of you guys want to start?" My brother said, "I'll start with him." <laughs> now this is our hometown, right? <laughs> so my brother gets out there, and he's got a muzzle on him. But still, it's a bear. He weighed like 450. Whoa. And so uh, he back had him back in the corner, had him on a leash, and he asked my brother, so are you ready? He said, yeah, I'm ready. So he turned him loose. So he charged my brother. My brother got behind him, and the bear reached back and gave him a flying mare, just like we do. <laughs> just pulled him up? And then he was on top of him, and it was over. Wow. You can't do anything with a wild animal. He's kind of trained, but still a bear. Yeah. And so the handler come and got him and took him off my brother. And he, my brother comes out of the ring. I said, you just made a fool out of us right here in our hometown, man. He said, let's see what you can do with him. Ooh, your turn. It's my turn. And I got this plan what I'm going to do with this bear, right? I've been thinking about it. <laughs> so he's got him back on the leash, and he backs him in the corner. I'm in the middle of the ring, right? I'm ready for him. So he said, you ready? I said, turn him loose. Well, he turned him loose, and he charged me. I mean, he didn't come just walk it. He charged me. I guess he saw my brother was so easy, I'm going to take him on out quick, too. So, And as I saw him coming, I said to myself, this is a bear. <laughs> so I backed in the opposite corner, waiting on him, and he got kept charging and got right, right to me, and he reared up. And when he came down, he hit me over my left eye. And this big, huge golf ball-sized knot came over my eye. Wow. Now I got one eye. <laughs> so I push his leg up and go out and get back in the middle of the ring. I'm not going to run now because I can't stand another lick to the head. 
So he comes at me. He put a paw like in my belly and grabbed my leg and took me down, just like a wrestler would. And he was on me, and it was over. Wow. I mean, were you worried about, um, you know, the fact that uh, you worried about the maybe getting, you know, severely injured or even killed by uh, by a bear, or is that? Uh, well, I, I I figured, you know. I never wrestled them, but but their skin moves. You know, they're real furry, and their skin will move. What I was going to do, what I wanted to do, when he when I saw him coming at me, and then I changed my mind later. But I saw him coming. I was going to front face lock him. You know, but I thought about that on the way out there, and I'm thinking this thing can stand up with me. Yeah, and I'm above him now. I mean, he could have thrown me out on the concrete or. It's a bear. He's three times as big as oh, you, yeah, weight-wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's just, I wouldn't do it again. <laughs> and, you know, a lot of folks, you know, whether uh be, you know, wrestling from the 70s, 80s, whatever, or wrestling today, um, there's the perception that it's it's a, it's a show, it's for entertainment, um, but they, you know, kind of, the, the I guess the controversy is, is it fake? Is yeah, it staged I've, I've been not? asked that. Sure. All right, fake. F- what's fake? somebody asked me one time they said when you get body slammed it doesn't hurt does it i said shoot no i said we stop about two inches before we hit he looked around he said no i've seen you hit the mat i said there you are (laughs) wrestling is like anything else Uh, i think we get that because for guys our size i was bigger heavier than i am now Uh, you know i don't need to wait anymore we do stuff for big guys as big guys that people can't do and you were like, I think, 6'3", 2... 6'3", I wrestled, uh, my best weight was 242. I stayed at right, not 240, 242. I kept it at 242. All right. I mean, I could throw drop kicks, flying head scissors, everything, you know. I wrestled Ernie Ladd, who played with the uh, Chiefs and the Chargers. He was 6'10", and 3'10". He could do flying head scissors, drop kicks. Man. I mean, we would just, we could do a lot of stuff for big guys, but wrestling... Like you said, just like college football, pro baseball, pro football, pro tennis, pro golf, it's entertainment. Yep. And we entertain people through wrestling. Yeah, absolutely. And the unique thing about what we did, when I, I even a decade before I started, I started in 1970 in Florida. I was trained down there by my brother-in-law. We want, I want to talk to you some uh, in a little bit about you know some of the – you know, if people think it's fake, some of the injuries that you face, a lot of surgeries you've had to do, concussions you had to deal with. But uh, on to, to start the podcast, usually I, I do a fast forward, kind of get to know you a little bit right. for those who don't know Jerry Oates. Uh, so the first of the fast forward questions is, what is your current job description at, at work and also at home? I'm involved with a gym here in Columbus. And I had a gym here for 25 years, Oates Gym. And uh, I moved away 10 years ago. And I moved to Savannah, and then I moved back home. And someone offered me a situation to get involved in a gym again, and I jumped at it. Now, what is your uh, job description at home? What is uh, what is your title? I guess at home. At home, <laughs> I'm by myself at home. <laughs> <laughs> so bachelor, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about um, what do you do? You know, I know maybe it was different when, during your wrestling career, but what do you do on a you know daily or weekly basis yourself personally to stay physically fit? What is your kind of routine? Just like I always did, I work out five days a week. Uh, it, it was hard. When I was wrestling uh, full-time, it depends where you were in the country. You know, we had a lot of long trips. I mean, long trips. Uh, flew some, drove a lot because you'd want to get back home 
at night, you know. I know when I was living in uh, Louisiana, we wrestled in Louisiana, Arkansas, Mississippi, and Oklahoma. Okay. We covered those states, and I lived in Shreveport. So, listen, for an instance, I would be on a Monday be in Tulsa, and I lived in Shreveport. Well, I drive. That's 350 miles up there. Man. And then you get there, you're in a building for three hours. You got to come back home. Yeah. That's 700 miles in one day. Man, that's a, that's a lot. That's a lot of hours. People say, well, you know, y'all make, well, we did. We made a lot of money back then. Not like they do today because it's all relevant. We didn't have pay-per-views and, you know, all that stuff. But, you know, uh, they said, you're only in the ring sometimes 10 minutes, 15 minutes. I said, it took me seven hours to get there. Yeah. <laughs> and they're already home asleep and not, I'm not even halfway home. Yeah. You know, they, they think you just appear out of. The back of a building, somewhere. and plus you're, you're. I mean, you're the the kind of the work you do to get to the ring, right? You know? and, and then, and then you know, like that day, you didn't get to the gym. Wow, you didn't get to the gym. Wow. And then the next day, you could hit the gym, but I mean, as far as you were, we were in wrestling shape. I mean, I could wrestle an hour and an hour now, picking guys up and slamming them and crisscrossing in the ring. Had air, unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, I was in great cardio shape, you know, but you know, you tried to keep your strength up, but you did in a way wrestling, but you just still need to get to that gym, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. To build the upper end and lower and, body. And, and right. Absolutely. Um, what, did you have a certain like, um, inspirational or spiritual mantra or motto, something that, that you live by? Well, I'm a believer. Mm-hmm. All right. I believe you can do anything you want to do. You know, especially being in the gym business all the years I've been in the gym business. And, you know, you, you have people come in and they have these great aspirations of, you know, um, I'm going on a cruise in two weeks. Well, you're going to go like that in two weeks. You're not going to have a 28-inch waist or, you know, lose 50 pounds. Yeah. It, it's, I, live by, I live by a lifestyle, you know. I, I'm, I can only control me. Mm-hmm. I can't control anybody else. I don't try to control anybody else. You know, some people are, are, uh, micromanagers or, yeah. you know, if you got to micro somebody, micromanage that person, you don't need them yeah. or you're just a control <laughs> freak, but I, I can only control me. And that's, that's what I've lived by. I, and when I, you was asking me about my wrestling career, I started in uh, 1970. My brother-in-law was a professional wrestler and his dad was a professional wrestler. I'm going to tell you a quick story. And I've always lived by this. I moved down there and he told me his dad, his dad was the strongest man in the world at one time. In 1926, he broke three world records. Hmm. First man in the world squat, squat with 500 pounds and th- two other lifts. He had, he came over from Germany. He didn't know any technique or anything. He's just a strong man. And Later on, he wrestled and had a gym in Orlando, and it was like a museum. It was just oh, <laughs> all the places in the world he had been. And people today wouldn't know him, of course. He told me one time, he said, he said, you know, and then this strong German accent. He said, God gave me this body. And he said, your body is a temple. And I've taken care of it for him all these years. He said, I wanted him to be proud of me. I talked to him one month before he died. 
several years ago. He was 95 and still working out. Man. So it was like, he's right. You know, you, you have to take take care of yourself. You know, I see people that own gyms that don't even work out. Hmm. You know, what kind of, you know, and it is, it's an image business. You know, if I come in there and got a 54 inch waist smoking cigarettes. Yeah. What kind of image is that? Your actions speak louder than your words. Exactly. (laughs) You know, it's not an ego thing. I mean, I've had, like I told you earlier, before we started, I've had 10 joint surgeries, other surgeries, ruptured appendix, which anybody can get, but, uh, I've had both my knees replaced. I've had a shoulder replacement. I still work out. Mm-hmm. There are things I can't do anymore, but I do what I can do, and that's what I do. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and the the last, the fast four, um, uh, besides the the fighting of the bear, what is something uh, unique about uh, Jerry Oates? I don't think there's anything unique about me. All, all I can tell you about me is I don't like this I I me me, but yeah, sure. Well, we're talking about me right now, uh, <laughs> so I got to say me. I. I've been a blessed person all my life. I've lived all my dreams, all of them. Hmm. And I got one more. Uh, what is that? Can't tell you yet. <laughs> you, you'll, you'll, maybe you'll come back and tell us. I will. If, I will. When, when, I will. Once, once I mean, it comes true, right? I mean, it's, and it's, and it's, you know, I've always, I, I'll tell you what motivates me. I've always had to have something to look forward to. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not like next week, next day, something to look forward to. I know when I had my gym here for uh, 25 years, I was still wrestling a lot. I mean, almost every week. And so that was motivation for me owning a gym. I had to stay in shape because I never knew who who was going to call me. They would call me from Detroit. They'd call me back to other places I'd been to come out there for three or four days and they would use want to use me in certain towns, and I'd fly back and forth every week. Kansas City, be gone three or four days, come back, boom, I'm training, I'm training. That 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 was a motivation for me. I had something to look forward to. Some people don't, well, you know, I'll go to work tomorrow and the next day and the next day. I always was waiting on that phone call, and I'd get them. And I'd get them from Japan. I'd gone to Japan for a month or five weeks, you know, go to Korea, went to Arabia, you know. Canada, Puerto Rico, you know, I, I travel and, and, and I love that. And so that, and I'm still that way today at my age, I've always got to have something to look forward to. Yeah. And, and I, I've always been able to cre- create my next ambition. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a good. Not that I'm a genius or smart, but what, it's just like my dad, he, he couldn't, understand what my brother and I did for a living. He couldn't understand. That was madness to him. Of course, he wasn't an athlete either. You know, he said, I don't understand y'all. <laughs> he just, that, he, that was foreign to him. And you were talking about, you know, having that carrot, that challenge that's going to push you forward and make you train or be consistent or, you know, here's what I'm working towards. So, I mean, what, what would your advice be? I mean, you own a gym and, I mean, and, and work with folks there. And I'm sure you see people all levels, people that are right. out of shape, um, young, old people that are like, you know, maybe professionals or bodybuilders or whatever. So what would your advice be just in, in general for folks in terms of getting motivated to, 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 to put that work in on a regular basis in the gym. Because, I mean, because it, 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 you know, especially in the pandemic, you know, it was easy to kind of 
maybe slack off right. and, and right. not do anything. That's probably the best question you're going to ask me all day. <laughs> if it's just like my best friend came back home today from Birmingham, UBA, UBA in Birmingham, he had three brain surgeries in one month. My best friend. He lost uh, use of his right arm and leg. Couldn't walk. Could not move his arm. I put him in a helped put him in a car when he left here. He comes home today. He's walking. He can lift his arm, and I'm going to rehab him. Hmm. So what I'm getting at is, and he fought the whole time he was there. He right. fought. Yeah. So you can have everything this earth has to offer. You can have fame. You can have fortune. You can have go anywhere in the world you want. If you don't have your health, you have nothing. Mm-hmm. There are people in nursing homes. There are people in hospitals that are ill. I'm not saying we none of us can't get sick. I'm not saying that. But we can contribute to sickness. I mean, I'm not saying we're going to all live forever. We're not. But if you don't take care, people care more care care more about what they work. Uh, the kind of shoes they wear, or the kind of suit they wear, how their lawn looks, what kind of house they live in, what kind of car they ride. They don't think about their health. Mm-hmm. You know, keeping your weight down, uh, watching your salt intake for blood pressure, uh, getting some cardio in. I mean, you don't have to come to a gym. I'm not sitting here pushing the gym business either because, you know, it, it doesn't matter. I could stand out there and scream at everybody, please come to the gym and stay healthy. You know, that's not going to do any good either. And all you got to do sometimes just when you get out of the shower, look in the mirror and say, holy mackerel, is it, you know, is that what I want to look like? Or, yeah. you know, carrying extra weight is not good for your joints. So it, it, it's it's back to that individual. What's, what's the most important to you? Your health. We all have to work. That's the way the world's set up. We have to work. We have to make a living. And, and the biggest thing here, I don't have time. You get ill, you'll have time to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You'll make time for that. For something that you, you make time for things that you're passionate about. That right. You, that, so it's like finding out a, a, finding out how can you, you know, mixing something you love with staying fit. Right. You know, figuring but out, but you I don't, do and, and, and this stuff about, well, I don't have time to uh, spend two hours a day in the gym. If you're in a gym for two hours, you're not doing nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you go in there and really get after it, whether you get on a treadmill or a stationary bike or, do, you know, uh, get you a good, uh, good, clean, fast workout, get that heart rate up. But, you know, and, you know, and people smoke, they drink, they do this, they do that to contribute to COPD, uh, lung cancer, cirrhosis, cardiomyopathy. A lot of it's self-inflicted. You know, they inflict this on themselves and you kind of, you feel sorry for them. It's not like today you don't know about exercise and what you eat. You know, I, you know, I, I, I watch my, I always had trouble gaining weight, which was a good thing, but it wasn't for what I did for a living. But, you know, I managed to do what I needed to do. But uh, just your weight, that, it can cause high blood pressure. It can cause diabetes. It can, you know, it's. And and age is not an excuse. I mean, age uh, you, is not an excuse. You're in good shape. How how old are you? I'm seventy three. Seventy three, and you're in great shape. Like you said, you you're working out almost, you know, on a I mean, everyday basis. Um, kind of take me back a little bit in your life. You know, you uh, started 
wrestling, at least professionally, when you were, I believe, 22 years old? 22. This was... You're on the ball here. 1970, (laughs) 70, you said, right? yeah, yeah. So, and then your goal was to do, you know, five decades worth and and just to be able to wrestle in all five decades. So, what what got you, and and was it you and your brother? Right. What what got you guys into wrestling? What was your interest? Were you watching some of the the guys in the 60s? Before my sister married a wrestler... Who, who he was famous like his father was. Uh, I knew early on. I, I was probably fourteen or fifteen years old. I knew, I knew I didn't want to do what everybody else did. You know, my dad worked, provided us a great living, made money, and we had nice stuff. I mean, I had he bought me cars, bought my brother cars. We had boats, we had this and this. But he worked, worked, went to a job. He was in business for himself, and I used to watch him, and I was like, I don't want to do that. I know we live good. I'm not saying we were millionaires, but we live well, mm-hmm. and I said, I don't, I don't want to do that. I said, I want to do something different. I said, I want to travel, and then my sister's married to this wrestler, and I said, oh. <laughs> and I wrestled in school. I didn't go to college, but I wrestled in school, and so they were up here from Orlando one Christmas, and I told them I wanted to. Real wrestler? He said, really? You, sure you do. You know? And so he said, I live in Orlando, and you live here. Three months later, I was in Orlando. There you go. And uh, I had a great teacher. I had a great teacher. And I wanted to do it. Yeah. But a lot of guys got in it and quit the traveling. They couldn't handle the traveling. But yeah. that's what I wanted to do. I could have never been all the places in the world if I hadn't have done it. You know? I left here. I had a round-trip ticket. And when I got where I was going, I made money. That was, you know... It was a job. It was that was my job. Yeah, and a lot of times you hear about people have like a, a character that they take on. Did you, um, you know, have a stage name or a costume or anything in particular for you that was, you know, when Jerry Oates was wrestling, you know, or was it where you were Jerry Oates? That's a funny thing you asked. That. Somebody sent me a uh, a message this week about the boots I wore. Hmm. I stole it from my brother-in-law. <laughs> And people still remember the boots I wore. That I found that fascinating. Hmm. I found, but but as far as uh, my name, I just use my name. Right. You know, you know, I was I was very no uh, no cape, no mask, no, or anything no. like that. Yeah. I was very honored to be able to do what I did. You know, I, I know the first time I wrestled in the Superdome in New Orleans, there was thirty six thousand people there. Hmm. Right. And then uh, I got in the ring. And they announce it wasn't an ego thing. It wasn't a wrestling gave you that high, you know. It, you you stepped in there. There's a ring like the arenas are, or coliseums are dark, and it's on you on what you do. And I became very good at what I did. I'm not bragging, but I became because I loved it. I wanted to be as good as I could be. When you got thousands of people out there, yeah, I assume yeah. you're you're playing to the crowd. Uh, I'm, you know, and. They uh, they would say, and in this corner weighing 242 pounds from Columbus, Georgia, and they would say Jerry Oates, and those people would come up and just scream. You'd get goosebumps all over you. It's like, yeah. this is what I work for. <laughs> now I'm going to show you who I am. That was another driving thing. Sure. Uh, I was on main events everywhere I went, and so you people, they didn't just pay to see me, but if I'm in the main event, yeah, I'm throwing some money. Yeah. They come to see me, and they was going to see me. Yeah, you know, and that's that was another thing that drove me. Yeah, 
was uh, what were some of the over the course of those forty years that you were a wrestler and professional events and traveling all over the 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 nation the world what um what are I mean any kind of highlights anything for you that I mean I know you you know won numerous titles and tag team right. stuff and but for you anything that stands out to you that like man that that was the moment that was like the peak for me uh, there were several wrestling in the Superdome. Uh, my brother and I were in Japan together and the last night we was there, we wrestling where they had sumo matches. That's like a sacred thing in Japan, sumo wrestling, you know, and we wrestled in the sumo palace. Hmm. It was like, I mean, it was like, it looked like a temple. I mean, the outside and we pulled up to this. It was foggy that night. I said, my gosh, this is the sumo. I'd heard about it all my life, been a wrestler, sumo palace, and we're going to wrestle in there. <laughs> and 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 I got to wrestle uh, in the Olympic Auditorium in Los Angeles. That was been there, some of the greatest boxing matches in the world and all kind of stuff was held there, and I got to wrestle in that, in there. Uh, those were re- those really stick out, but and and then the people I met, you know, I met guys from all over the world, Belgium, Germany, France, England, you know, Italy. There was wrestling all over the world, yeah, all over the world. You know, you got really educated, yeah, educated. And you know, uh, you started when you were in your early twenties. But, you know, had this goal and you uh, just a decade ago, you wrestled again when you were in your, I guess it was early 60s. Uh, 62. 62. So, I mean, six, most 62-year-olds are not climbing into a ring and wrestling. So tell me about, uh, I mean, was that, would you, were you fully prepared and what happened there? Is, did you go up against somebody similar age? Or? Uh, well, my brother and I wrestled together with my son. My son's in the education business here in Columbus, but he, he was really up. He was a great basketball coach, but you know, he tinkered with it, with the wrestling, but I, I really didn't want him to do it. You know, it's for some, for me, it wasn't, but it can be a hard life, mm-hmm. you know, the traveling and you're gone from your family. And, you know, I had never said I was going to retire, you know, and, uh, my brother had a couple of, he kept saying he was going to hang it up. He had some retirement matches here and there. And so I know my knees are shot now. They're gone. I mean, I had had five operations on, on between the two of them in the past over the years. And so uh, my son wanted me to do it. So I'm living in Savannah and I'm still working out. I was in I, I got in some kind of shape. Hmm. I got. I, I, I was. This is gonna be my who last two raw. You yeah, know? yeah. So I got in shape and I was tan and I got <laughs> pictures. I didn't look bad. <laughs> yeah, you know, I didn't look bad, but yeah. my knees were shot. You know. So they, did you did you win? Uh, my brother pinned the guy. Okay. He stole my thunder. <laughs> <laughs> But um, I mean, looking back, I mean, that's it's it's inspiring. Hopefully, I guess that's kind of part of the point too. Is that like, hey, listen, at sixty-two, I got in there and I did it, right? You know? So and, and uh, I did pretty good. I I took enough pain medicine, like it's it's for inflammation and joints, and I knew I was going to have them replaced. And but the main thing was I didn't want to get hurt. 
anymore, you know. I, and and the guys I wrestled, they they knew my age, and they couple of them. Well, one of them was like thirty eight. One was like forty five. Another one was maybe forty seven. Hmm. There was a respect thing. Sure. They, they knew that was it for me. Yeah. And you know, I'd go in and do my thing. I I couldn't do a lot of stuff anymore because of my knees. And yeah. And it was a respect thing, you know. And speaking of getting hurt, I mean, you know, you travel around the world and do these wrestling matches for, for you know, uh, 30, 40 years. Uh, were there uh, many times where you maybe had to go to the hospital, uh, you know, after a match? Or maybe you got injured so much that they carted you off? Yeah, well, I got hurt. I say hurt. I was wrestling in uh, Okinawa. I was wrestling Terry Funk, who was a former world heavyweight champion. And his brother was also Dory Funk. And uh, he hit me. He was left-handed. And he hit me. Was he? Let's see. I'm, he hit me over my right ear. You know, he's throwing it to my neck. But this part of his upper arm caught my ear. And he popped my eardrum. Mm. Soon as he did it, I, soon as he did it, it felt like a hot nail went right in my ear Ooh. i grabbed my ear and rolled out on the floor i mean i, I god referee japanese referee you okay i said tell that nut he just bust my eardrum man give me a few minutes out here you know i got back in and finished the match and i was leaving there in two weeks they wanted to take me to the hospital i said <laughs> I'm a, uh, if, I, if I if it's not if it's still hurting like this in the morning, I'm gonna get them to take me to the hospital. But it, it got all right, and I had to keep cotton, you know, in my ear. I couldn't let any water get in there. I kept it in there when I wrestled, to get any sweat. Uh, I got hurt here in Columbus one night. Uh, I jammed my shoulder. In fact, the one I had replaced, that was probably the beginning of the end of that shoulder. <laughs> it, I went in the dressing room and my shoulder, I looked in the mirror and it was up like that. And they took me to the hospital and it was separated. You know, that's once you hurt something, I mean, really hurt it, it's never the same. So I had trouble with it over the years, but then, then I had a lot of arthritis in it, had bone spurs in there and the ball and socket was worn out. And, yeah. And, and I mean, like you know, just like maybe in football, do you deal with a lot of concussions? Did that affect? Does that you feel the effect of that even still today? Or? No, I can name I can name every one of them. <laughs> uh, you know, not just being knocked out, you can have a get a concussion. You know, and I look back, and when all this came out about the football players and all, you know, I'm thinking, well. Uh, I had a whole lot more wrestling matches than they played football games. I had just a hair over 4,000 wrestling matches hmm. in 40 years. That's a lot. And now we're, st we're talking about getting body slammed. Yeah. Okay? I've seen a lot of stuff on brain injuries, right? Y your brain is surrounded with a fluid you know, between the skull and the brain, but it moves in there. Sure. You every time, even when you get slammed, bam! You got to stop. It's that stop, and your head's gonna. You try to keep your neck up, but it you still stop, and just and then you get get your head. You know, uh, anytime you're throwing like a hip lock, a flying mare, it comes into play. But I see some of the guys, you know, that was 
generations ahead of a generation ahead of me. Some of them get Alzheimer's, but I don't know if it contributes to that. My daddy never wrestled, and he had it. So, yeah. But yeah, I, I think about it. But I'm still, I still pride myself, and I got a mind like a steel trap. <laughs> if somebody told me something 20 years ago, I can remember what they told me. Yeah. If it was worth remembering, <laughs> you know. Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, talking about injuries. And, you know, that, that's, you know, um, as, as we get older, you know, um, the recovery takes a little longer or, you know, things maybe don't, don't work quite as well. I mean, age is just a number, but still it's, it's a reality. So do you find that people, you know, when they come into the gym, um, you know, they want to, they may want to bulk up, they may want to just get in shape or cardio or whatever. Um, but, um, you think, you know, uh, you know, spending some time in the gym, is really good for like injury prevention and in terms Absolutely. of like, you know, making sure that like, Hey, um, I may not be injured now, but it, this will prevent it from happening, you know, down the road. There's, as a matter of fact, there's a guy that was, he, he was my workout partner in my old gym years ago, uh, for years. And so I moved back home. He, here's, I'm back. He comes and joins the gym. And he tells me, six months ago, he's got to have my, I got to have a knee replaced. And he said, one of the doctors told him to come up here and see me, which this doctor used to work out in my gym. He said, go see Jerry. He'll help you. I'm not a miracle worker, but I, I know about the body, you know. So he said, go see Jerry. He'll help you. So he said, he sent me up here to see you. <laughs> I said, all right, I know what to do. I had him doing two certain exercises for his legs every day. Because you have to have the other one done, too. In fact, he was done yesterday. He goes home today hmm. from here in Columbus. And so uh, when he went back to uh, anyhow, he he did this every day. Nothing heavy, light reps, a lot of uh, reps, repetitions. And what he did, he strengthened these quads back up and his hamstrings, you know, because he hadn't been able to use his legs the way he should, you know, just getting out of a chair, you know, to get up. His legs were gone, hmm. even though they were big. He was a little heavy, but so he went back to the doctor, and, and he he would be pain free doing it because I've had both of mine. I've had seven knee surgeries. I know what it takes. He said, "I can't believe this don't hurt." While I'm doing, it. I said, "I know what I'm doing. You're not going to go in and squat four hundred pounds. That ain't going to happen." <laughs> but I know what it takes. I've been there, done that. Yeah. You know, experience, you can't, just like what you do, you got experience, you can't teach it, you, you got it, you know, yeah. you can't, you have to learn it. And I learned it Yeah. and, and, and he, he's doing well. And during a pandemic, you know, over the last year, obviously we've had things shut down and restrictions and safety precautions. So for you, how has that affected, you know, Oates Gym of being able to operate or, I mean, have you seen maybe even lately an increase of people coming to the gym? Yeah, coming back. And uh, when I when I got back, uh, I'm back just over a little, a little over a year. I mean, it, it, we couldn't even open it. It was already open before I got here, of course, but couldn't open it for a month, you know, until it they freed up stuff and then you know people would come back in three months later even though we were open uh, look at my waist i hadn't been doing anything but, but but that's on them they could have watched a diet and walked or yeah you know videos yeah anything excuses you know <laughs> anybody can make excuses exactly yeah well for you you know uh you know 
working at a gym, you know, having a gym with your name on it. Um, tell me about what, what, what is, what's rewarding about that for you? Because I mean, you have this pro wrestling career that you can look back on, but now you're helping others kind of meet their goals. You know? Yeah. I mean, uh, it's, uh, the reason I got in the gym business when I was wrestling full time, you know, I had the first knee surgery in 77, Dr. Andrews here, who's the world renowned surgeon now that all orthopedics bow to when you <laughs> mention his name. That happened in Savannah uh, when I had my knees replaced there. Um, but um, it's – I as far as the, the gym and the helping people, uh, I knew and – I, and I went in gyms all over the country. And I knew – after my first surgery, I said, you know, when, you, when you're young, I mean really young, you think you're bulletproof. And I actually believe that. I was never going to get on a road at 4 o'clock in the morning trying to get home. I was never going to run off a bridge or run off the road. Or I was blessed. I was never a wreck on the road. And you think you're bulletproof. And then I had to have another surgery. Mm-hmm. Not close. but And then, you know, those, once you have them operate on you, know, you move that knee. Got it. It's not like it was, you know. They, sure. They're taking cartilage out. Now, you, sooner or later, you'll be bone on bone in there. And and I knew I couldn't do this forever. Mm-hmm. And I learned down there in Florida with my brother-in-law. And his dad had a gym. It was more like a museum. But I said, you know what? I'll never get out of athletics. You know, I never wanted to. So when we left the Carolinas, we came home and I, I I had some equipment and the gym was tiny. And so, you know, we were still wrestling. We was on TV here and on TBS in Atlanta. And somebody said, Hey, those brothers are back and they got a gym. Well, it was mine, my brother. He didn't care about it. He could care less about the gym. <laughs> and I just started on a flute and they started coming and they started coming and they started coming. Then I made it bigger and now they're really coming. And it lasted 25 years. One last question for you. You were talking earlier about how you're a believer. We talk about fitness and faith on the podcast. You know, um, during those, you know, 4,000 matches and traveling all over the world, and, and even though maybe you, you thought you were bulletproof, was, was did you, you know, did you pray a lot? Did you kind of pray for safety, for you not to get hurt, for just, you know, success? Because it seemed like you, you did have, you know, a good, a good run for sure. I had a good run. Uh, I never prayed for success. I always believed. Uh, th- and this is Jerry Oates talking. Mm-hmm. What I believe, you know, what other people believe, I'm I'm cool with it. Whatever they believe, that, that, we all have that right, that choice. We all make choices. I always believed. I didn't pray for success. I figured if I was going to have success and have a name. Now I'm not bragging. I mean, I I had a name here for for what I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, professionally, you know, in my career, then I had that gym, and uh, I'm not bragging. It, it's just something that happened, came with the territory, you know, and uh, so I didn't pray for a success. I figured that success was on me. I had to earn that. Mm-hmm. It wasn't going to be given to me if I will. If I, I'm not telling you that I was the best wrestler out there. But I was as good as the rest of them. 
<laughs> there you go. I was as good as they were. Yeah, absolutely. Because nobody can say they were the best at anything. Yeah. You know, because my brother, my brother-in-law taught me, and he was a fantastic wrestler. He told me early on, he says, always remember this. If you see some guy you like and thinks that's good, just watch him. Don't steal his stuff. Just see how he does it. And I always did that. Even when I've been wrestling 20 years, if I had heard of a name that I had never seen, I'd watch his matches. Ah, he's not what I thought, and I'd go back and watch. <laughs> I said, I'm better than him. <laughs> you know? But, you know, you, you know, you hear these names. Oh, he's got to be fantastic. <laughs> he's not what you thought, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, but, yeah, I, I, uh, I've prayed over my life a lot, a lot. You've had a good life and many more years. And I plan decades. on being here, yeah. You know, and I've got one other dream left. And uh, I've been blessed, like I told you, beyond belief. And uh, I've had two doctors approach me about something. I'm not going to go into too much about that because it's, and it's going to be like, uh, it's not a rehab place. It's going to be like sports recovery. Nobody does it. Gotcha. And they came to me because of what I did that was so physical and the surgeries and this and this. It's not going to be a rehab place, but it's going to be like a recovery situation for athletes. Absolutely. They want to call it uh, Sports Recovery by Oats Gym. They they want to use my name. Sure. And that's okay, but I'll be involved. So, yeah. you know, it's just um, yeah. I couldn't be – in a better place, you know. Yeah. Well, I know you're helping a lot of folks now, and and, and, and I, I, I want to help more. You know, I and, and like I tell them, there's, there's no quick fix. There's no pill. There's no supplement you can take. It's in which I take tons of supplements now. I do. And uh, but there's no quick fix. You know, but you, anybody can get where they want to be. And you look like you're in shape. <laughs> trying my best i do a lot of running i need i need to work out with more weights but uh a lot of running and uh so uh not not quite wrestling but uh wrestling with my with myself while i'm on a run yeah, yeah. i mean and, and, and you know it's uh it, working out is where i get my peace mm -hmm. i'm working out even though people are talking to you when you're doing it this but that's that's my thing that's a live for that yeah in the zone yeah well, thank you so much, Jerry. I appreciate you uh, coming by. You have no uh, idea how much I appreciate you having me. This is this has been very good. And, uh, yeah. I thank you for all the questions. I, I, I was going to tell you before we got started, you could ask me anything you want to ask me, and I'd answer <laughs> it. You know, I, I'm not. I don't hold anything back. You know, but I just uh, I've always wanted to give back too. Yeah. You know, and uh, I put on bodybuilding shows for 11 years. I posted them all week long. That. The great pros, you know, uh, bodybuilders. I'd fly them in from California, Arizona, New Mexico, and everywhere else to, you know, the pro bodybuilders, you know, like Schwarzenegger in his day, those type guys. Yeah. And I always gave back, and uh, I just love what I was doing. I just. Yeah. I love it. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. I'll come by and see you sometime at Oats Gym. It's, uh, Bring your workout stuff. At Warm Springs Road, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Columbus, Georgia. So we'll swing on by. So thanks again. Thank you, Jason, for having me.
Really enjoy getting to know uh, Jerry Oates. And, uh, my first time meeting him in person. We've kind of connected for a while uh, online through Facebook and social media. And so uh, great to see uh, his success, even in his 70s, helping other folks of all ages uh, get fit uh, and, and maybe even win some bodybuilding competitions as well. And so great to see him. I mean, he's a great example and inspiration for us. Uh, still fit at 73 years old. I told him I want to come by his gym sometime and uh, and uh, have him lead me in a workout and show me how it's done because I, I need to work on strength training since I do a lot of running. I want to I want to work on my core and get stronger upper body as well. Turning now to our final segments of this podcast, uh, one about uh, how uh, faith is kind of like wrestling and a parting gift uh, from the Bible uh, as uh, we look back on Easter and uh, much more when it comes to uh, how what Jesus did for us. This is an article I found online from Roots Church in Mount Vernon, Washington. Uh, and it's titled, When Faith is Like a Wrestling Match or I'm Just Not Feeling It Anymore. Uh, it's written by a pastor. He says, you know, Christians often, you know, have questions like, is living life as a Christian really worth it? Is is all this even real? And, you know, questioning God. And, and it's, it's okay to do that sometimes. And there's three basic types, he says, when it comes to what we're looking for from faith. You know, some of us maybe turn to or away from faith for reasons that are maybe intellectual. Uh, the basic thing is, does it make sense? Uh, to them, religion uh, satisfies, uh, you know, a certain view of the world. For others, uh, it, it, they go turn to religion because uh, of relevance. Does it does it change anything to them? If Christian faith is not actually affecting their lives in practical ways, then really, what's the point? And finally. Some uh, really are uh, looking for things, certain things from their faith related to transcendence. Does my faith connect me to the divine? They want to, to kind of have their best innermost selves and uh, tied to their emotions and, and how they're affected. So uh, as a pastor, he says uh, he doesn't advise folks to stop asking questions, but maybe, you know, do it the, the, the quote, you know, better way. Uh, we notice only that what God is doing in us individually, and sometimes we fail to see and be encouraged by work he's doing maybe around us and for the larger church body. Um, and, and if we're expecting to see, you know, uh, daily uh, fruit from God. Sometimes you know we can feel that fall short, and and if we don't see it, we feel something's wrong, and and uh, it, it's it's kind of that m- mindset of we need to step back and see what He's done over the last year, over the last decade, and uh, look at what God's really done. And the the end of this article is really good. He says, you know, there's an element of truth in in all this, but there's a danger. You know, we can assume that God primarily exists to serve our needs, our desires. But uh, that, that's that man-centered view of reality. Uh, the reality starts with God. We exist for him, not the other way around. We, we are created to worship and serve God. Uh, it's okay to wrestle with our faith. And that's, that's genuine, to ask questions and, and, and question things. But ultimately, our judgments of God will be swallowed up by his judgment of us. So uh, okay to wrestle with God, but, but know that we are here to serve and worship him, not the other way around. And our parting gift, when uh, speaking of God, comes from First Peter one uh, six through seven. It says, "In all this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Christ Jesus is revealed." 
So, you know, uh, how, how genuine is our faith? That's a challenge for us. Uh, that faith is, is greater than gold. And, um, you know, and, and it's in the, refined in the fire. When we go through these trials, these tribulations, that when we're wrestling with God and wrestling with ourselves, um, it, it, that's the fire that uh, kind of refines that faith if we allow it as we look to seek God more and more. And uh, we're going to close in prayer now. Dear God, uh, just thank you as we uh, just uh, kind of celebrated Easter. We thank you for dying on the cross, but more importantly, rising again. Uh, you live in us, and we believe in you, Jesus. And uh, we just thank you for your sacrifice for us, that we can remember that and celebrate that the entire year, not just around Easter. And uh, we pray for uh, health and safety for all those around us. And uh, just pray that, God, that we, as we question you at times and, and question our faith, that, that that will help us grow closer to you uh, in the end. In your name we pray. Amen. Uh, thank you again so much for joining us for the Run the Race podcast. Tell your friends about it. Uh, we uh, we love to talk about fitness and faith. We're gonna um, you know talk about uh, running and and all kinds of different sports and and getting fit and uh, uh, getting closer to God. All that stuff all the time. If you have any suggestions, you can send me an email jdennis at wtvm.com. And we hope uh, you can listen to any of those past episodes as well. Uh, but until next time, hope you have a very blessed week. <music>